Infinity. I'm your host, Prince Electro Diamond, and today I am here with musician and actor Adam Barda, who can currently be seen on Tan Talk and the Dish on 2B, and is also working on Tan to Ten, in which the finale is on May 7th. How are you doing today, Ben? I'm good. I'm good. Good to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. It's crazy, like, that we're literally, like, this close and we've never met. Like... I know, I know. It's like it's the community here is so small, but it's so big. It feels like in Port St. Lucie, like it's yeah. it, there's so many people. But it's you know there are people I've been here like five or six years in the in the Pride Fest and the community that I'm just meeting now, and these are like people that are heavily involved. So I feel like I need to be more involved, which is kind of what the dish is about. So it all comes together, right? And well, actually, in truth, I am someone who does, especially like now that I'm doing like interviews, I don't go out much because like. This is my focus to like drag outlets like all that. I mean, you know, it trying to run a show like you got to put yourself wholeheartedly into something to like. Yeah, and it's 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 pretty much like that's kind of what happened with me. You know, after after the pandemic, I was doing music and I was kind of really focused on that. And then when everything kind of shut down, I was like, well, how do I perform? How do I creatively have this outlet. And that's when I kind of pivoted to doing YouTube and doing production. And eventually what wound me up doing as a producer, TV producer. And I yeah. found that I just love the, I love the ability just to create stories and tell these, you know, fantastic tales. And you can do it literally within a room. Like I'm in the green screen room here in, in a studio. And, yeah. you know, I love that. I love that freedom. So that's kind of what led me down the road, I think, to ultimately where I am now is kind of changing from being this music artist, which, you know, it's kind of a form of being creative, but, you know, writing songs is much different than writing a script because it's it just feels more alive to me. So I'm thankful that I found this. Yeah, I don't know about writing a script. I don't have that talent. I know about writing stuff. I'm a musician myself. So, like, I totally get that. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of fucking work. It's a lot... <laughs> It's a lot, they're both, they're both very different mediums, but they're, they're very rewarding or they can be, you know, I think yeah. for me, it's kind of like finding that space in the, where I am now is really fulfilling to me. And that's kind of like what I do is, you know, when I do work on stuff, as you get older, when you get to be like 95 years old, like me, you wind up doing <laughs> stuff that you, you know, makes you happy. You don't want to waste time doing something that you think is just going to make other people happy or whatever the status quo. So that's like yeah. why with fish and with Tan Talk and stuff that I'm doing, I'm really surrounding myself finally, I think with people that are like-minded and that really want to work with me and, and just create fun stuff and not think too much at, about it, you know? So, and it's right. it seems to be working. So I'm happy. Yeah. Okay. So what was it like for you growing up as a kid in the Bronx? Growing up in, as a kid in the Bronx, it was, you know, it was, it was different. It was very different. It was a different world, you know, back then. So, you know, life was much simpler. It's so funny because when, when I was younger and I'm sure when you were younger, we would yeah. listen to our parents talk about, or our elders talk about, you know, life is so much different back when I was a kid and blah, blah, blah. And you would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now yeah. as when I'm an adult and I look back, it's like life really is so much different when I was a kid, you know, it was so much simpler, honestly, you know, it was so much easier. You know, I could take the bus as a five-year-old kid to my grandma's house in the Bronx. And it wasn't that scary because it was just a different time. And I think that, you know, unfortunately, like, I don't know what it would be like. I can't imagine to grow up in a world with all of this social media and stuff. So it was very different. It was a very different time, a very simpler time. And it was a good time, I think. You know, my first 10 years of life, I think, were one of, were probably my favorite because I had my both my parents alive. And, you know, just living in the Bronx was really a good experience for me at that point. Yeah. I will say, hmm, 
growing up as a kid, I kind of liked it. I will admit, I'm, I suffer from depression, and I suffer depression from, like, a young age. So, like, in some ways, I'm like, do I want to, do what I like to go back to my younger years? Absolutely not. Like, Yes, absolutely. You'd like to, yeah, yeah with, the, with the wisdom maybe I have now, you know, kind of yeah. like, or just, you know, go back as an adult and just be able to have the right choices made and do the right stuff. But where did you grow up? Were you, were you a city I, boy? I, I grew, I grew up here. Oh, you grew up in, in Port St. Lucie? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And, and how has Port St. Lucie changed? I, I have to ask you because I, I came here five years ago and, you know, maybe even more than that now, and it's changed so much, even in the few years I've been here, I can only imagine over the course of how a lifetime. It hasn't changed enough, in my opinion, because I did probably like I moved away for four years. I lived in Orlando and it's like when I came back, I expected so much to be different, but it really wasn't like. Yeah, it's kind of it's, it's still growing. Yeah. And it's it's growing. I mean, and that's unfortunate to you. Like it's growing in, in, in directions. We don't want it to grow, but um it's definitely growing. It's, 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 I mean, one thing is undeniable is the amount of people that are really coming here and exploding the, the population of, of the treasure coast. I will say that definitely, like, especially the specific area you're in. Cause it's, I know from watching the dish, like kind of what area you're in, I work out there. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's like probably I won't have to deal with it much anymore. Cause I go into work earlier, but it's like, I used to have, get out of work right at rush hour time. And it's like trying to get home. I actually live in Jensen beach. So it was like trying to make that trek. It took me like 45 minutes to get home. And it's like, I get it. I, you know, I, from coming from the Bronx, that was one of my biggest pet peeves yeah. about living in New York was the traffic and coming down here. I was like, well, at least I've escaped that. And it's starting to creep up now because, you know, looking, fighting for parking, I'm getting to like arguments with people in parking lots. I'm like, this is what I didn't want to, come here for yeah. so it's right. kind of but it's it's a mixed mixed bag yes so what was it like for you coming out you know coming out was a really good experience with my mom my mom my mom is is my biggest hero she's my biggest supporter she, she's in heaven now but you know she's always loved me and always supported me and it's and i i look back and i realize how blessed i was because my mom's biggest concern when i came out was not you're gay you're gonna get a disease you're gonna she was oh my god these boys better not break your heart she was worried it's gonna make me cry she was worried Aww. about getting me getting my heart broken and she was that's the kind of mom she was so, you know, I can, I look now and I see all the craziness going on and I, I feel so bad for these kids that don't have parents like I did that just love them unconditionally. So, you know, I, I am so thankful that I had her and, and that, that I wish everyone could have. And I think the world would be a different place if they had a mom like me, but you know, I understand that's not the case and you have to take your blessings where you can get them, you know? So, well, I get, well, okay. I don't get coming out to, um, coming out to a mom because I came out about four months after my mom died. So like, mm -hmm. so like I only had to come out to one parent coming out to the parent was easy coming out in the church. Wasn't mm -hmm. I ended up having, well, okay. I'll make the long story short. Cause I've said this story so many times, basically the weekend I came out, I got locked in a mental institution. And was it the people that you were kind of around, like your family and people you trusted that had put you in that position? No, it was a youth minister who I had trusted who put me in that position. My dad was not like, no, my dad was mad. Like, okay. Because it was one of those things where it's like, so I went in like with this like performance idea that I had practiced, but like, I'm a gay kid. Like, 
we all have like theatrical ideas. Well, not all of us, but a lot of us have like theatrical ideas, mm-hmm. and we practice them. And that's what I did. And I had one involving a knife, and he basically, the youth minister walked out of the room, came back in the room about five minutes later. He's like, "You have one of two options. You can either come with me, or I'm calling the cops." And at the time, I was 18, but I was like a little naive, so I kind of thought. Well, going with him seems like a smarter idea than having the cops come here. Right. Now, now in hindsight, I would have had the cops come. <laughs> well, I mean, and also it's it's scary now to think like as as every day by day, really, we're going along in Florida, the rights are being stripped away from people like you and I left and right. So it's like it's not even that's the frightening part is that experience is terrifying, but it's not getting better. It's only getting worse. And I don't know. You know, I think a lot of people have anxiety about it. You know, it's what, how do you deal with it? And I think the way that, the way I personally deal with it, is I like to laugh and create laughter. So that's kind of pivoting it all back to like what I do is like just creating the dish and these shows, as stupid yeah. and silly as they may seem, it's it's to make people kind of laugh and forget about some of the because it's really it's just the weight of it is just so grave on on us right now as as LGBT people. You know, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of scary. So um, I, I feel your experience, and I you know I send my heart, and yeah. it's just. It's I'm glad that I can make a little bit of a difference. Yeah. I mean, you're saying that as someone who's like planning on staying in Florida, I'm trying to leave. Like, (laughs) yeah. And I don't blame you. I mean, I, you know, I, I personally, if I were you, I would want to, I think it's more of a fact that I always dreamed of living here. And now as my, I don't want to be driven out by crazy people. So it's yeah. like, I'm going to stand my ground. Cause my parents, they, they passed away when I was younger. So like, you know, it, it was always their dream to move down here and I want to achieve that for them. And I'm not going to let some bully, you know, get rid of me. However, I, I personally, and to the point where I wish I could leave because I don't want to deal with it, you know? So I get it. I totally get it. And it's also, well, okay. I guess I'll skip down to that question is i had it later on but i'll skip down so i'm thinking gay person moving to florida makes sense why here like that is good question question. yeah so you know i had family that lived in miami and fort lauderdale uh my whole life and i would come down and visit and you know i would say as a kid so i fell in love with south florida at an early age and when me and my mom were looking at properties about 20 years ago to start moving down the market and, and the state of Florida was such that Port St. Lucie was really a bullseye for really cheap houses, really big, nice, affordable, cheap, but still in driving distance to my family in Fort Lauderdale, Miami, because we couldn't afford it. So it was yeah. really just luck that this was the cheapest area we could afford to buy a house that was still relatively close to our family. And it happened to be a bullseye because I guess everybody else thought the same thing. And now it's, it's kind of growing up. So it kind of fell into it backwards. I had no idea that this would be like the culture of the area, like what kind of area it was. I just knew the houses were nice. They were good. And it was what my mom wanted. So that's kind of why, you know, what drove us here. Yeah. To that part, the part that I'm thinking about just with you, like doing all these shows is the fact that is it okay? Like I know on the dish, you get all these drag queens to come down. Is it difficult to get them to come here? No. So, you know, we have like a minuscule budget. It's called like a micro budget when we film. And uh, what we do is we'll tap into Queens. Like for a perfect example, Tammy Brown was just here this past weekend. So we're filming Tan to 10 and we scheduled to shoot with her with Patricia, Tan mom filming. So we kind of have been working with their schedules, you know, for Queens that are remote, we've been literally sending them equipment. We'll send camera or not a camera. We'll send a microphone and lighting and stuff. And they yeah. will just shoot it where they are and send it back. So it's kind of been a combination of both, but 
you know, we haven't really had the budget to fly anybody out, you know, and like put them up in a big hotel yet. So hopefully you next know. season that can happen. Cause I was thinking about that. I'm like, I'm like, cause okay. I didn't watch every episode, but I watched some of them and it's like, you're working with like detox and like all these people. And it's like, I'm like, well, with the detox one, I think you were in Vero when you filmed that, right? That was in Wilton. That was Hamburger oh. Mary. In Wilton, oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I will say the fact that like, even this year for pride that they got detox, I'm like, I'm like, how the, f how the fuck y'all do that? Like, <laughs> well, they, they, let's not, I don't even want to get into that, that yeah. Michigan, but that, yeah, right. there's behind the scenes, uh, introductions that went on there. And I wish them the best with that. I'm actually not going to be here, unfortunately for pride this year, because I have my sister-in-law is getting married on the exact same day in New York. So I cannot miss that or my family would kill me. So. <laughs> yeah, I get. It. I'm not. I'm not going to be able to do Pride either. Literally, just because, like, a, I'm working. B, okay. So, what happened was, I was supposed to have a spot to like go go like perform for Pride, but it's like once I started working and realizing my schedule, I'm like, well, I can't do both. Like, I'm at, yeah. I'm at like probation with work. I got 90 day probation. And I'm only on like month two so i still gotta get through all of may yeah. before like i can do anything yeah and i sure that and you know at the end of the day regardless of the politics of pride it's about supporting each other and you know just like and we can we just need to do that even if it's just like sharing it on facebook and just just uplifting each other just kind of coming together whether we're at the pride fest or not i think it's just really important for us to kind of stick together and remember that we are a community right now you know and we need to be more than ever i think um which is important right so, who were some of your musical inspirations? Musical inspirations, I uh, growing up, you know, everyone from like Madonna to Britney to um, you know um, Missy Elliott to Lady Gaga as as she developed, and you know, I grew up with boy bands. Uh, you know, currently. I have RuPaul as just like my end all for music. I love all of RuPaul's music. And I think I love it because it's show just feel good. Like it's just, it's just, you just sing and it's just catchy and it's just, um, you know, C-U-N-T-Y and it makes you feel good. Yeah. So I just like singing, you know, that, and so that's just my, my, my feel good music. And, you know, I like music that just makes you move and kind of like feel something, you know, like I, that's, that's what I'm about. Any, any kind of music that makes you do that is my, my love. Yeah. I would say Gaga definitely for me, like so much. Christine Aguilera is like one of my like vocal oh, yeah. inspirations of everything. Like she's definitely yeah, definitely Christina, definitely you know, um, Brittany, definitely you know, yeah. every all the greats. Mariah, uh, I am not. I'll be honest, like the two people that I don't like a lot, and usually people that are Taylor Swift and Beyonce. I think they are so. I'm going to get so much. I don't even want to say this. I, I don't know. I just, I, I am not a big Taylor Swift. I think there are so many more talented artists than the both of them. I think they're amazing. I think they have been, I don't even, I don't even want to step into this pile of doo-doo that I'm getting into here, but I'm, yeah. not, I'm not big fans of either of those. They're too, they're too, I don't know. I don't know. Not well, okay. Taylor Swift, I would say, and a lot of gays don't agree with this until like 1989. I wasn't, I wasn't here for like, country taylor swift once she like started like i knew you were trouble i kind of started liking taylor swift but it's like and then reputation but like i'm not the hugest taylor swift fan beyonce 
Well, I will say this yeah. about Beyonce. I like musically. If I had to pick one of them, I would definitely pick Beyonce because there are so yeah. many Beyonce songs that I love. I mean, I, right. I do love Beyonce as an artist. I just think it's too much. Like people, their love for her is too much. Taylor Swift, I think she. I don't like her at all as an artist. And yeah. I, I just wish she would go away. But you know, everybody's different strokes for different folks. You know, like everybody likes different stuff, and that's what makes the world special. So. Well, okay, I'll help you out, and, like, the gays can cancel me for this, too, if they want to. I have not heard Beyonce's new album. Like, everyone was, like, so, like, I listened to all of them probably up to Lemonade, and then, like, all of a sudden, I just stopped. Like, I have, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, I haven't listened to any of Taylor Swift's, any of Beyonce's past, probably, single ladies. I haven't listened to Madonna's. <laughs> I, haven't listened, I, I really don't listen to CDs, to be honest. I just, music for me is just, like, I like just putting on um the stations now like the uh ajuna beats like it's just where it's just like very trancey but like very relaxing music and it just kind yeah. of like, work through it so that's kind of my style too i mean i probably should expose myself to more music just to be more cultured but too busy well, <laughs> well madonna well madonna i will say this and like hopefully like someone that you and i both know hopefully shalita doesn't see this but like i did not think madonna's last album was great like <laughs> i'm just putting that out there like yeah, they're all. Her, what was her last? I don't even remember what her last album was. Her last album was Madame X. Oh, like, Madame that X. was. Yeah, that was. It's like yeah, the same. It's like her Beyonce, um, even Britney. I want to say like the past few albums have all been like just misses for me because it's just like very generic music. I feel like from all of these people, you know, right. where they used to have unique flavors. Like Britney was Britney, Beyonce was Beyonce, Gaga's Gaga, and now it's like they're all kind of just. I don't know. Maybe it's just it's just becoming too eclectic. Or maybe I'm just becoming an old cranky man. I don't know. This is all too possible. Well, I will say with um okay, I'll speak to Britney. Um, my favorite album of hers, it's one of her older ones, is Femme Fatale, and I feel like that's when oh. she was like last in her prime. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. like Britney Jean and like Glory were there were bad, but like especially Britney Jean was so like Will I Am generic produced that like yeah. It's just, it's a good album to like work out to, but it's not like something I want to like listen to all the time. Right, like, run with me. I'll be honest, like my favorite probably is might be Blackout. I don't know, because oh, she was a train wreck, but it was the best. No, 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 that would be my second favorite album of hers. Yeah, I love, yeah. I love Blackout. So, you know, case they're off, different strokes, different folks. Yeah. Okay. God. Oh. Okay. So. Was your first single an overnight success, or was it kind of like just a sleeper hit that, like, I don't think it's ever been a hit? <laughs> um, you know, I guess it was like, I mean, it was a mildly successful hit. It was, it was like, it was a breakout on Billboard. And the, to me, the coolest thing about that first that I want to hold you was it was at Abercrombie and Fitch tours, like, all the people, all the models were, yeah. you know, listening to it. So that was kind of that was kind of when it went international for me but you know i think it, it never really achieved super success but i was happy with that i thought that was cool the abercrombie pitch yeah i mean like well okay i get what you're saying you kind of like in some ways and i'll ask you about that you're you're you were kind of all the time like an independent artist right you didn't have like Oh, actually, no, I did. I was signed with um, Ascension Records, which was part of Warner Brothers back in 2009. And we shot, that was when we did Standing in the Rain, and they flew us to Puerto Rico to shoot a music video, which wound up being number one on Logo the following couple months. Um, but that was exciting. And that that kind of, I think the label just went defunct. They, like, went bankrupt. So, but it was a short-lived thing. But, yeah, I was signed for, like, a year or two with, a, with an actual label. The rest has been independent. Yeah. By the so way, I just want to people, this is not alcohol. 
This looks like brandy. It's actually iced tea. So it's not, I'm not sipping the sipping whiskey while we're while we're. I think. Well, actually, I was gonna say I've had nobody drink on this podcast, and that's <laughs> not true. That's not true. I literally interviewed my friend in like Manchester, who was literally pretty much drinking the whole time, and like I didn't care. Like, it's fun. I just don't drink. I don't feel. Good. Yeah. So, what was it like working with um, Kathy Sledge? Kathy's amazing. I always say she was call her Aunt Kathy. She's like an aunt to me because she's so sweet and so nurturing and so insightful. She's very she's got a huge, huge heart. She's very, very warm and very, very caring, nurturing, motherly, sisterly. And uh, I, I loved her. She's an icon. She's just she's just amazing. Right. And she's one. I will say this. She probably doesn't like get as much recognition as like some of the other like divas mm-hmm. of that time, like um Donna Summer, like stuff exactly. like that. But but that doesn't mean like she wasn't talented. Like Yeah, no, I, I still think like one of the highlights of my music career of all time, I will definitely still say, is when we got to perform We Are Family together at Jersey Pride. I got on stage and I actually came out and sang it with her. And I was like, that's so freaking cool to get to sing We Are Family with Kathy Sledge on stage. Right. So that was a highlight. Yeah. So, how involved are you in the like uh, production or production slash like engineering of your music? Music, I don't really do anything. All I do with music is uh, write it. I'll just write it and then send it off to Roman Electropoint, who's our fabulous like music producer, and he'll come up with a beat for it. And then you know, go in the studio and then lay it down, and he does all of his magic and kind of makes it all sound good. So really, Electro Point's kind of the, the the magic behind it all. Right. I always ask that because, like, different artists. I just had I just talked to another musician yesterday, and it's like, as someone who's like, I do it out of, like, I make beats, but I do it out of kind of, like, necessity, so I don't have to pay somebody. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had that skill. You know, I'll be honest with you. Like, I kind of, I really don't really do music anymore. I'm kind of, um, I've kind of quit, I want to say last year, at least for now, or retired. Um, it just wasn't fulfilling, It w- and it wasn't really going anywhere for me. So, like, to me, it's just kind of like I love focusing on just, and that's the other, that was part of the reason, too, is I can't produce my own music. Whereas with, with the video editing producing, I can produce my own video content. So I think that was kind of a, uh, like, kind of a reason. I'm just realizing this now with you on the air, maybe why I didn't make music as much. Because I really couldn't have as much control producing it as I wanted to. So, okay. This leads me to, like, the one non-like lyrical track that I know that you have. So then if you don't do much of, like, making, what did you do on Open Minded? On what? Isn't isn't that the name of the song? Open minded, isn't that? I might be wrong on the title of that. Uh, no, no. I found it on your I found it on your YouTube channel. That's why I was like, open minded. Is it uh, superficial? No, I do know superficial crap. I'm trying to think. I could have sworn that was the name of it. I might be wrong, but it's like you have like an instrumental track on there, and like I was wondering, like, let me see. Oh, uh, is it? I told her. But you know what? I'm, I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, let me know because I'm curious. Well, I will say this. There are a few other Adam Bardas, and there's a couple other musical Adam Bardas, which is so ridiculous. You don't think that there's so many music, but there are at least two other music artists that are Adam Barda. Actually, three other music artists that are Adam Barda. So it's possible you found one of their songs. 
there's a religious there's a guy that's a religious guy there's a guy that's a music a dance artist and then i think there's another one that does like um electro music yeah i think that's i think it was what you said because i was i was wondering about that like i mean granted whoever that adam barda is i like your music too but it's like <laughs> it's so weird and you know i wonder like i don't i would never think adam barda was such a popular name either but i'm like okay okay girl but um yeah there's there's been quite a few mix-ups i think over the years too with the religious one because like lord knows i don't do religious music and I'm, he's right. got my emails and comments and he's been so gracious over the years like to forward them and all that i'm like thank you so much because i'm sure it's not fun to be confused with like a with me when you're like a super religious guy so Okay. No, I'm reading this question. Okay. Well, I'm going to skip that because you already said you were signed to a major label and you're really not focused on music. So, okay. Okay. Here's one, and you may not agree with this statement, but I'll ask the, this way anyway. Why is it that you believe that most of your success happened on the heels of somebody else? Um, well, because, you know, I think that's what really I was doing for so many years. You know, I've said this in a couple of interviews where I was kind of spinning and just doing whatever. Notice me. I'm over here. Let me do this. Too, and let me let me just tag on to whoever's there and try to offer my talent to them and kind of hide in their shadow. And I think really, you know, it got me along the ladder. But at the end of the day, I wasn't putting out projects where I was like, I'm so proud of this. My mom is proud of this. I know she would be. And that's kind of why I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that anymore. I don't want to chase rainbows. I want to put out content that I, Adam Barta, even if it gets one view and like, you know, cause I was getting stuff that was getting millions of views, but it was getting me no positive reaction whatsoever. No fulfillment, no anything. And I yeah. was like, if I get one view on something and somebody loves it. Like you watch, hearing you talk about the dish is, it gives me chills just because anybody that tells me, talks to me about that. Cause I'm still proud of it. So I think that's. Yeah where, you know, I, I kind of had my aha moment, you know, Adam, you don't need to be with other people to be funny and famous and, and talented. You are already. So that's kind of why I think a lot of my stuff was attached to other people. And I kind of maybe made some missteps, but it all has led me, I think, to the person I am now. So I don't regret it, but you know, yeah. I think it's kind of why maybe people think that I've attached myself to all these people and trying to be famous. I'm really not. I just was misguided. And I think I've kind of now harnessed that power for, for the better for me anyway. Well, I mean, okay, in some respects, like, I could totally get where you're coming from with that. With that being said, if you hadn't attached yourself to Tan Mom, I probably wouldn't know who you were, because I, I first discovered you on the Howard Stern show, probably like a lot of people did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm grateful for it. You know, I'm not, I don't fight it anymore, but I just, yeah. I don't chase it. So, like, if that kind of stuff comes through... I, you know, basically, you know, run with it. And I'm like, I'm just going to keep doing my own thing over here that makes me happy. Because at the end of the day, it's really about my life, what makes me happy. So, like, I can't chase stuff with other people just because it's an opportunity. I think it's cool, you know? Yeah. And it's also, like, to the music argument, I actually had this discussion with somebody who was, like, so you, much like probably you are with The Dish, like, my focus has been this. Mm-hmm. Like, mainly, and I had somebody who, like, hit me up, who's, like, one of my followers, he's like, when are you going to do music again? I'm like, listen, <laughs> I work a full, I work a full-time job, I run a podcast by myself, I have to do all the research myself, because it's not like I have a team. Right, yep. Like, so it's like, 
I will do music when I can. It's just, at least the way I view it, I've had more success with this, so that's probably why I focus more on this. And that's what that's what the key is, is what's making you happy, you know? Not what yeah. other people think you should be doing. Well, why aren't you doing music? Well, I don't want to do it. Well, you do it. You know, I'm doing this. This is what this is where I'm happy and what and that's the criteria I think I set for myself at, you know, at the beginning of the year. Now when I take on projects, I'm like, am I gonna be happy doing it? Is it gonna make me money? And is it gonna be something worthwhile? And if it hits at least two of those buckets, then it's probably something I want to do. And it's also like I know you're a man, but you're also a gay man, so like you're probably gonna get put into the category like as you said, you're not I'm I'm not trying to point this out, but I'm just stating the obvious. It's you're not exactly young. Right. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> chicken here. <laughs> so it's like you can only do like so much before people are gonna be like especially like a label. They're going to be like, so let me get this straight. You're 40-something, and all of a sudden, you're going to want me to put out music for you? It's like, maybe if you had talked to me 10 years ago, I could have given you an opportunity. But it's like, now you're, like, quote-unquote, too old. I think it's ridiculous, but, like... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and that's what it is, is people, it's like, it's like a, like a cake, it takes time to bake. So people can't expect me, some people, you know, pop out sooner, but even, but everybody bakes for a while in the oven. And then you come out and, and your experiences are what make you. So, you know, baking in the oven for me was going through all the tan moms and the octo moms and all that stuff and kind of creating, realizing who I am as a person. I'm not the person that I, I realize I don't like all the chaos, but what I do like is making fun of the chaos. Like I love chaotic comedy. I guess that's that just made that up. But yeah. I love the chaos, the chaotic type comedy where things are things, you know, stuff's falling off the wall, people are scrambling. Oh my God. I mean, that makes me laugh. It's like almost like the Benny Hill skits. And you know, yeah. I think that's kind of where it's at with the dish too. You see, like with Cynthia with the crown falling and all that stuff. Right. So that's kind of my my genre of it, you know. Right. So where am I? Oh. So okay. So how did you meet Tan Mom? We had a manager that can introduced us like 10 years ago uh, that wanted us to work on a song together. And we met um, at a restaurant in New Jersey. Wow. So, sh- okay. So at least from the dish, she's not down here, right? She's still up in... No, she's here. She lives, oh, she she is? lives in Boca. Yeah, we were actually filming. Oh. We're filming 10 to 10 with her now. So yeah, she's here. Oh, that's got to be... That's got to be like kind of good for you because it's like not so much of like having to move people because as you said like you don't have money like yeah they don't yeah. <laughs> to do it. I mean if she lived in New York I don't think we would do the show right now we just put it on hold so I think it's just a t- convenience of her being here and everybody kind of lining up with all of the, the buckets Doctor Miami and Tammy and Rebecca Glasscock so yeah. yeah we'll see if we can get finished we're we're still in the middle i'll be honest with you i've never done a full reality series like this especially a makeover series and i don't know if it's going to finish like i'm i'm waiting to see what happens <laughs> and i'm part of it so i don't know it's going to be a crazy show though it's some some it's it's going to be crazy that's all i can say so you're still like oh so essentially like you're saying you haven't written an ending like well, there, it's a reality. It's docu. So yeah. It's a reality. So there, the ending is, we don't know the ending. You know, we have stuff planned and we have the May 7th event, which is going to be our series finale taping, but we yeah. don't know what's going to happen. You know, we've had some craziness over at Hamburger Mary's. I, I can't talk about it because it's going to give it away, right. but it's, yeah, it's, it's quite a, quite a, quite a show. <laughs> so, okay. So I'm just going to state that for everyone. So clearly what Adam's saying is 
his show is not like the Kardashians. There's no script written. Like <laughs> there, 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 yeah, there is. Well, here's the thing with Tan Mom, you can't stay on a script. It's impossible to write a script for her because she won't stay on it. So it's, it has to be reality <laughs> by nature of who she is. Yeah, very much like I remember one of the craziest moments. I think it was going back to the Howard Stern show. I think it was you were performing like um free to be and she like kept on like fucking up when she was like <laughs> Yeah, I just I just couldn't stop laughing when she did that. So I mean, I mean, I would get it like I would say I always think about like the fact of like at some point like if, if I wanted to star in a movie, but then like I think of how am I going to remember a script? Like right, exactly. It's like it, it's like it's it's. Uh, trust me, I did that too. It's hard. It is not easy to remember lines and to do all that stuff. That is a whole separate talent. So okay, I don't think I asked this. So as an actor, you were probably were you like doing stuff on Broadway or were you like just doing different stuff? My goal was always to be on Broadway, but I never made it there. So I did like off, off Broadway stuff uh, for a few years in my twenties when I first started out. But I mean, I would love to go back and do Broadway at some point. I just, I don't know if it's ever going to happen if in the cards for me, but I mean, I, it was something I had wanted to do and was always a dream of mine to be on like, maybe like Jinx Monsoon. I will be, who knows? Yeah. I mean, we'll see. So, Okay. So, okay. So this is the first person I already know the answer. Well, I don't know the answer to this question, but like, I know they actually did it. So what plastic surgery procedures have you had done? I have had a rhino, which is my nose and a chin job, which is my, they put a chin implant. This was all on Dr. Miami on the TV show. Yeah. And that's really it. And then other than that, it's just been a lot and lot, a lot of fillers and Botox, like a lot <laughs> over the years, like tons, but that's really been it. Cause actually crazy enough, I was talking with somebody and then they, and then I asked them like if they would ever get plastic surgery done. And he literally told me, he's like, what makes you think I haven't had plastic surgery? Yeah, and I'm exactly. like, I'm like, I'm like, cause I'm looking at your face and I don't see anything. Like that's a good plastic surgeon. That's a good plastic surgeon. No, no they haven't had plastic surgery in their face. It turns out oh. they had, had plastic surgery in their ass. And it's like, oh. well, <laughs> so it's like, <sighs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I would ever get the BBL. I don't, I mean, I'm Cuban, so I don't really need it, but I don't, yeah, I don't, that's just seems so painful. Like to have to, cause I've saw the woman recover with that stuff and you have to sit on like this donut and it looks so painful and horrible. Well, this is the thing, like, with you being Cuban, I just happen to, like, naturally have a big ass, so it's, like, my thing is, like, if anything, I wouldn't do, like, obviously making it bigger, I would just, like, reshape it, because that's, like, mine's, like, kind of wide, and I'd like to make it more, like, round, but... Yeah, sure. But that's not, like, something necessary, so, like... Get some underwear. You can do it with underwear. Just push up yeah. underwear. <laughs> yeah. So... Okay, so which career do you prefer more, singing or acting? Definitely, or acting, definitely acting. I think acting, yeah. I, I much prefer acting and producing. Yeah, that one was... I'm trying to think on my end, which do I prefer doing, singing or hosting? I actually, like, do... in truth, like, I think I've done music so much, and it took, like, so long that, like, once I got to start like interviewing people, I actually like loved doing this more. 
Yeah, yeah, you get into it. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And that's what happened to me. Like once I started doing it, I was like, wow, I really love this doing this, you know? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, I think I'll rephrase this question because you kind of answered it before. So, like, how far into the pandemic did you, like, realize that you wanted to start doing, like, the dish and tan talk? It was right at the beginning. Um, actually, it was, like, slightly before the pandemic even started. It was the beginning of that year I started to get into live streaming on YouTube. And that was kind of the catalyst when I upgraded all my equipment and moved into this new space. I got the studio. And I was like, let me do YouTube lives and kind of really got into this whole thing. And from that, I started filming segments and producing them. I was like, wow, I can really produce content. And it kind of just took off from there. It was kind of a progression from YouTube to lives to, you know, producing for TV. Right. I will, But I will say this, like, I do know, obviously, from Howard Stern, like, your tan talks in the beginning, a little bit of a problem. Yeah, I was learning. Listen, I was learning. You know, I, I, it's funny to see how far I've come in just like a few years. You know, I'm impressed. Um, I think even JD at one point was like, Adam Barta's production value was pretty good. So, like, it was getting better as we were going along. It just took some time to kind of figure it all out. But I don't think it was you. I think a lot of it was Tan Mom. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it's with her. She just has no you know, technical prowess, so she can't really, you know, operate a lot of stuff. So it's a, having a team definitely helps. I realize that I can't do it all myself with her. So, you know, I'm so grateful for my team of Greg and Adniel and Matt and all the people that are, are, are just amazing with on Tan to 10. Right. So, okay. So wait, I didn't write this question, but I just thought about it. So... I know you had like somebody on the show that you were. So, are you married or are you dating somebody? I have a partner. Uh, I guess yeah. you call it a life partner. I mean, it's, we're not officially yeah. married, but um, you know, he's it's Matt on the show. If you watch the show, yeah. it's Matt. So, yeah, yep. Because, well, okay. Are you someone who like ever sees yourself like getting married or like? Um, I don't think so. I, you know, when my mom passed away in 2016, that was kind of the end of my dreams of like doing that kind of stuff because I, I don't really think it would be a happy experience and i don't necessarily need it because you know i'm so happy with matt you know that said i wouldn't be opposed to like a party or something or like if we went to vegas to elope just for the you know for a fun time but i don't ever need to i don't ever want to have a wedding i think it would just be too sad for me to, at this point in my life to have like without my mom here so i'm happy just you know having it in theory or, or whatever i will say this i never thought about it that way and maybe if i like got to that point with somebody I'm, i might feel the same way you did but like yeah i mean it's you know it's just it's like once you find it you find happiness with somebody you just kind of you're that's it you know you just kind of don't you, you'll know when it's right i feel like and i think that's the problem with a lot of younger people is they just kind of rush to find some kind of commitment to be to be paired up and it's really not about that it's like about kind of when you get married it should be about i think bettering yourself and coming together as a, a better union and making each other better you know and, you know, a lot of times you don't figure yourself out. Again, it goes back to baking and kind of having your life experiences. I think as you're older, you kind of know yourself better and know what you're looking for. So that helps you kind of pick a better partner. So, okay. I mean, I get that. For me, it's also like I did a lot of stuff when I was older. Mm -hmm. So, like, so like, how old were you when you came out? I was like 18. I was in my, I was I was pretty young. It was right out of high school. I was in college um, to my mom. But I mean, in yeah. high school, I was pretty pretty flamboyant. So I'm sure people knew. But you know, it was just kind of officially. I think once I hit 18. 
Yeah, like I was 18, but I would say like I didn't start acting on stuff till I was when I moved out when I was like 21. So like in a lot of ways, like I hear people say like I had a boyfriend at 17. I had my friend. I'm like, I'm like, it, this is people that are older than me. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah, yeah, not it, even like. It's too, yeah, you know, unfortunately, I, you know, my advice to young people is to really focus on you and focus on finding what you love to do in your life, you know, and, and the boyfriends and the guys and the, and the marriage and the romance will all come. It will be there. Don't worry. There, you know, I always say there's like 7 billion people in the world. You're going to meet somebody. <laughs> the odds are with you, you know, so. And I will say this is another thing that I will give to my advice. It's something that I learned the wrong way. It's like. You cannot plan anything within a year of dating somebody. Like you just, you need to know them. You need to get to know them before you really start diving into anything because you need to know them in all seasons. That was like the longest relationship I had was a year. And like, it was one of those situations like where we moved in together seven months in, like he moved into my place, but the whole time he was there, it turns out he was becoming a she. And mm. one telling me having his own journey, yeah. So that was like one of those days where, like, I came home one day to note the key in the door of like everything. And it's not like I hadn't asked, but they clearly weren't ready to tell me. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's yeah. just it's there. Yeah, you didn't know you, did, you and that's the thing. Yeah. You don't know somebody. You can be with them for years and years. And the other thing is, people change, so you don't know even while you're with them, they're changing. And the point of you know the right person is somebody that's going to change and grow with you, not apart from you. So right, that's the trick to find. And really, that comes with a friendship. You know, people jump into romance. You need to really develop a friendship because the boyfriend, girlfriend, they have to be your friend. Because if somebody's just an object of of lust or obsession, it's just not doesn't work out. But it's also like you say that now and it's like but when you're younger, I would say like you let your hormones control you more. And you do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's part of life. You know, it happens. It happens. Just be safe. That's all you can do, you know. Right. But I will say like that's one thing where like I am single now. I am happily single now. Like mm -hmm. I'm the person it's who says life. like who says like if you need to have fun, get yourself a friends with benefits and like just live hey, from that. Just as yeah. long as you're as long as you're happy internally, that's what's important. And it's also like I know speaking of me like wanting to move, I know I want to move at some point soon. I don't want to be in a relationship with somebody and then say, like, well, I'm leaving. Do you want to come with me or not? And then like right. that's no, I get, I totally get that. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to, you don't, you, you can't put ultimatums on people. You ultimately have to be free in what you're doing and you have to be, you have to be a partner. You have to be on the same page, you know? Right. So. No. Okay. So I asked that question a different way. I'm just looking to see if I asked everything. Cause I think I'm on the last question, but I'll see oh okay so what's the biggest misconception about you um i think probably what you said before you know that i'm just this you know guy that hacks onto people and just you know try to mooches off them and 
you know, doesn't really have any talent myself. But I think I'm at the point now where I know that's so not true. It doesn't really bother me anymore because I just know my own truth. But, you know, I think that is a misconception people have is that they think that I really don't have any talent. In. And that's my own fault, honestly, because I allowed myself to be overshadowed by people for so many years. So, you know, that's something I just have to crawl myself out of. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, what I'm doing now speaks for itself. And I hope people will, will find me and judge me for that and not, you know, for, for stuff that I've done before. Because everybody grows. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody learns. Everybody does well. So, you know, there's all there's a season for everything. And, and this, sorry, my microphone's all over the place. And, That's you know, right. this is this is my season and this is my time. And this is what I'm giving now. So, you know, look at me, what I'm doing now and not the past. But also you say that and it's like the fact that you have no talent I will say this being as a musician, I would never doubt the fact that you had talent because literally you listen to the Tan Mom songs, you're the one doing the singing. Like she's kind of just like there. Right. But it's like yeah. you clearly had talent. And like anyone who wants to say like you weren't vocally ta talented. Although, I shouldn't say that because there are some people who think they have the most amazing voice in the world and then they go on American Idol and it turns out that they don't. And I'm like... Exactly. It's like, girl. And it's, yeah, it's like, don't you have friends? Like... I that I, I didn't believe that until I actually... Ha I do have friends that are singers like that and they really yeah. do believe in their talent more than anything. And they don't... I, I, I see it in real life, so I believe it on American Idol now. <laughs> What that people just like don't have talent and they like just just start put out music. I mean, it's it goes back to doing what you love, but at the end of the day, it's just like it doesn't go anywhere. You know, if you don't if you don't have the goods to back it up, I think it's kind of you you it is what it is. You know, delusion delusion is fun. I have I have lots of delusion. That's that's actually that was actually the great advice that um I heard from Aubrey Plaza, who's an actress, and right. I didn't hear from her personally. She said in an interview, oh. and she said, um, you have to have delusion in this business because if you don't, nobody's ever gonna give you a chance. You know, you just have to think you're the greatest and best, and eventually maybe someone will agree with you. Right. Well, okay. This is just another question that I thought of. So all the people that you know in terms of like Tammy Brown and like detox and all that. Did you meet them through like working clubs in New York or were like uh detox? Well, I used to work with World of Wonder, which is the company that produces drag race, and I would oh. be like uh they're part of their network. So I would do interviews, I would do the cover, the red carpets and stuff. So that's kind of how I met a lot of the queens, was just doing interviews, um, working with them and in their MCN. So uh, you know, and then just being on logo TV. Being in the public eye, you know, I just met a lot of people. The first queen I ever met from RuPaul's Drag Race, though, was Sahara Davenport, rest in peace. And she was one of my closest friends from that show. And and I miss her every day. But, you know, um, yeah, it was just it was just kind of a cascade. Once you meet everyone, they just kind of all fall in place. Because I was, I was thinking about that, where I'm like, I'm like, he has to know these people somehow, because it's not like... Obviously, there's no way you met anybody here. Like you, you've oh, met, you've met, you've met drag queens here, but they're not like, right? Yeah, no, not not drag race people here. No, it's, it's no, all been New York and my experiences, you know, beforehand and doing music too. I've done music like with Pandora, with um, Kasha Davis. So you know, that kind of also was how I met a lot of people. Yeah, you did. I didn't know about that. I know you did a song with Candy Ho, right? And Candy Ho as well. Yeah. yeah. Forget about all the people I've done songs with. Because I will say like. 
I know Candy Ho. I will say, in terms of watching Drag Race, I didn't start watching till season seven. So like, that's why when a lot of people like shit on season seven, I it always holds like a special place in my heart because like that was the first season I started watching. Like, <laughs> iconic season. And they're like, yes, there were like untalented people. Like you had people like Pearl who wasn't like the greatest. But she was great TV, you know, yeah. she gave great TV. So it's like kind of, you know. But that. And with people like I always tell people. I would never do. Re- I'm someone who like I would never do reality TV. I say that now, like right. I'm always open to changing things. But it's like especially like getting on here and interviewing people. Okay. Actually, I'll ask you that question. So. Other than, uh, I know you're doing, like, The Dish in Tantalk and all that, but, like, would you ever do something that somebody else was in charge yeah. of, like? Absolutely, yeah. If it was a good project, absolutely. I mean, I don't think I would want, I'd, you know, absolutely. I think I would probably want to produce more than anything, but, I mean, if the, uh, yeah, if, um, if it's the right role and the right project, absolutely, I'm open to anything, you know? I love, like I said, I love being creative and I love doing this medium, so, you know, anything involved with production is really uh, well, I should say, like, being in front or, you know, producing is for me. Yeah, and, and that gives you that control. I will I will say I'm a little bit of a control freak, so it's like mm-hmm. the idea of me just being like, I'm going to go on your show. I'm going to let you edit me any way you want. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to give up. But, you know, it comes with great risk and with great rewards. So, you know, you're giving up all of the, the – like I said, we have no money. You know, I have to scrape together yeah. everything. At the end of the day, it's all mine and it's all ours. So we control it and there's no network that's – you know, telling us what to do. So it's a blessing. So, okay. I'm going to ask you more, I guess about, so obviously the older star, the older stars of drag race, you kind of knew, but how are you getting like newer people? Cause like, I know you had diabetes on. Yeah. It's, show. It's reaching out, you know, people, people love the dish. They love the project and they believe in it. So, you know, just reaching out to them and they, they, you know, want to do it. So it's, it's really about, a labor of love, like I say, you know, something that they can believe in. And they see the episodes and they see kind of as something that they fit themselves in. You know, there are a few queens we reached out to that didn't respond or didn't want to do it. And that's totally understandable. You know, it has to be a, a fit on both ways. So it has to be somebody that's funny and kind of wants to do it and is willing to do it. And, you know, I'm so on, so grateful and honored that people like Diabetti and Kimura and all them did it. Well, I will say, I say, I know that fact, like, you don't got it. You don't have to tell me, like, Especially doing this. I am the person who's like, until you tell me no, I won't stop bugging you. Like, right. But as you know, being in this industry, that's how you have to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's You just have to, like, delusion. Again, delusion. Bang down the door. I'm the most famous person you ever met, even though you've never heard of me. You know? So that's what it is. <laughs> I don't think I had, like, well, maybe. My delusion was more, like, to tell people, like, in some ways leave them the feeling of you're not going to regret doing this. Like I know I'm very, very small. Like I'm reaching out to people. Like I have, I have maybe a little over 15,000 or no, sorry, not 15,000. God, I wish Um, 1500 followers. And it's like, but keep going. Yeah. I'm not willing to stop. And like, and also like, well, you probably don't have this problem anymore. I have to get over this problem of like asking people for favors. 
Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I wish I could get over that, but it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's collaborative. It's a collaborative medium. This, you know, you have to, you have to rely on other people at some point to do what we're doing, you know? Cause I know like the first time I did it and it was somebody I had just like become friends with through like doing this podcast, but I went like, listen, I'm like, I'm like, I need you to ask your best friend for me if they can like get back to me. Cause like, and this was after I tried like nine times trying to get in touch with them. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, like, there's only so much that I can do. I'm also to all the people out there. It's like, don't be afraid to do stuff publicly mm-hmm. because everyone thinks like the secret is DMS and all of this. And it's like, that doesn't work sometimes. Like, well, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a story. And then I actually have to go in a minute. Cause I do have a, right. something at five thirty-five, but um, yeah. I want to tell you this story about Margaret Cho. I actually started working with Margaret Cho because somebody tweeted at her. They were like, would you love to work with Adam Barda? And we just started morning scanning and it wound up me going to her house, spending the night, spending the week there, I think. And we recorded wow. a song together. So, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You just got to take the chance. I mean, don't put anything stupid out there publicly, but you know, you have to really take a chance. You know, you never know. And celebrities are on social media more than ever. So, and now they're all about to get unverified. So they're easier to access than ever. <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. especially like elon musk is a genius that he is and like all that shit you can easily message anybody at this point and you can can, they'll see it so don't don't be afraid is my best advice right okay yeah so right so yeah so we're good all right with that being said it's great talking to you same here. Thank you for, and I'm, I, I will, I will let you know about May 7th. Maybe I would love for you to come if you're around um, for the finale taping. Yeah, I'll definitely keep in touch with you. All right. With that being said, this has been gay out the city. I'm your host Prince Electro diamond, and I hope you've enjoyed. Thank right. you. You're welcome. And okay. And then All right. Well, thank you. Let's see. So, why does it sound eight? Yeah.